Welcome to the Hypnosis NGH podcast. This podcast series offers a fun and serious look at hypnosis and offers various ideas, discuss case studies, along with NGH educational opportunities. Welcome to the NGH Hypnosis Podcast. I am your guest host, Debbie Boucher, and I'm excited because today's guest is master NLP practitioner and trainer, ordained minister and consulting hypnotist and certified instructor, Charles Crenshaw Jr. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, before I dive into questions, I first wanted to congratulate you on being chosen as one of the presenters for the 2023 NGH conference this summer. And we're excited that you're going to be presenting at some point, I'm going to be asking you questions about the classes that you'll be teaching. Okay. Okay. And I'm excited to get to know you. I've known you, you know, who you are through the years of being an NGH member also. So I'm really excited to get to know you a little bit more today. So hello again, Charles. Yeah. So I saw saw your name and got going, I know her. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of fun, right? All these names that we've known forever. So I've been in some of your classes also at the conference and yeah, so tell me a little bit about yourself and your hypnosis practice as we dive in today. Well, I came to know at the last live convention, oh, the, the live convention before last, that I was actually in the second class that was trained as trainers. And uh, wow. Dick, Hart, Dick Hart was was the teacher. And um, and I thought I ha- I was in a, you know, class 57 of the whole thing or something like this. And, and I, w- I found out that I was in the, the only the second class where they were training wow. people to, to do this. And uh, this was after there was some discussion amongst the guild members about how, how, do, we, how do we do this? So we train people in, in the proper ways. And I got to hypnosis by way of uh, the seminary I went to, and so the seminary I went to was a rather extraordinary seminary. It, it's not not a non-traditional, and um, uh, George Bien oh. ended up at. I either ended up at a presentation because George came. I forget exactly how the how it worked. I know that but, name. I know him. Yeah, yeah. and so and so actually, uh, George trained me initially, and then all my. Uh, previous training was by all the all the most of the greats yep. <laughs> at the guild. All the shoulders that we yeah. stand on. <laughs> yeah, and so the, but I come to this whole thing from the perspective of a, a meditator. I've well, been I've been doing you. that. Oh, I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt you, but I just yeah. did. So, yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Because so your, when your I was, question. When I was reading about you and I saw that you are an ordained minister, I, I'm really curious to hear a little bit more about that. And where hypnosis plays into that, if it plays a role at all. So I'm totally curious about that aspect. So the, um, <laughs> the ordained minister was an accident. Oh, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I got out of graduate school, I went to an extraordinary graduate school that uh, I'm a Vietnam era veteran. Mm. And, you know, so you pluck, you pluck somebody out of the Midwest inner city and you take them and you put them in Asia and they bump up against something called Buddhism and their eyes get wide and they kind of go like, wow, what is this? Nobody ever told me about this. Right. And so coming back home, that eventually led me to 
to go to this graduate school where they were talking about the um, what's now what's now being called lifestyle medicine but then was called holistic health mm. and and in there part of the process was i was already a, a a very if you will avid meditator and and so there were all these all these things that seemed extraordinary you can you can be healthy if you have the right if you understand the your how your body works and things like this and there was a I'll, I'll drop a name. Armin McGill wrote a book about <laughs> about always <Boom. laughs> oh, mic drop. Boom. Okay, <laughs> and um, the the book that he wrote about the things that he looked at in India. That's the book that I have. That book, which is called the Yoga Sutras, I have studied intensely uh, with some of the great masters of that of that subject and the um, there are a lot of things in there i can't, i'm trying to think of one in particular one in particular uh thing that's not too extraordinary so not to blow people's minds but they talk about and Armin was was big about here are these extraordinary things that these people do and he related it to hypnosis you know the, mm -hmm. the magic trick of throwing the rope the 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 rope trick and things like this, but those things are, they're, they're not magic tricks. My teacher said, you know, you think these things are extraordinary, but they're not. If you understand the principles, they're not, yeah. okay? And so the, the idea for me is, is that as a meditator, I was wondering because the whole thing of meditation is, self-regulation is being responsible for what your mind does and understanding your mind and and hypnosis is is like that when we when we consider the definition that all hypnosis is self-hypnosis mm -hmm. and the um, the things that i have studied related to meditation and hypnosis there's always a debate about uh, hypnosis and meditation are the same and that's a, an elementary understanding of the scenario. Yeah. Uh, the 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 brainwave activity, for instance, associated with um, the beginning stages of meditation, the hypnagogic state, and dreamless sleep. The brainwave activity is quite similar. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you know, let's not even go to the debate about hypnosis and meditation. Let's just go to the, <laughs> to, the to the thing about dreamless dreaming sleep meditation so the brain of activity is the same but in dreams most people unless they're uh really really practice lucid dreamers most people to have no control over their dream they don't they don't understand what's going it's just the mind doing its thing well in that same brainwave activity you can learn self-mastery through meditation mm -hmm. and the same option is there there's a place where if you will hypnosis runs over, if you will, for the knowledgeable person, for the discerning person, it runs over into that space, the same space as meditation and stops being quote unquote hypnosis as dealing with suggestions and stuff like this right. and ends up being the same thing. And um, 
So let me uh, ask you, if I may, do you mm -hmm. use meditation a lot in your personal hypnosis practice? Is this something that you combine with your clients or? So uh, just yesterday, a client called and the usual things of, okay, what's this about? And my thing is understanding uh, both these practices where from the perspective of hypnosis, I'm, my interest is in helping you through the power of your own uh, uh, intellect, your own uh, intelligence, your ability to concentrate and your imagination, all three things and you know, key in the process of hypnosis to help you to make the change that makes a difference. And it has nothing to do with, because the guy asked, well, am I gonna go out and kind of going, okay, you've been watching too many movies. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, so, and so the, the understanding that I have, and I'm saying understanding, and if I were, if, if I were in the <laughs> proximity of the man who taught me, who I consider a master of that, if I were in close proximity, he may hit me. <laughs> <laughs> saying like, yeah, you're still, you're still a, you know, junior rookie, you know, from the perspective of things. Um, but it's to, it's to help empower people. Mm -hmm. So you're empowered to be able to, to make these changes and you don't necessarily need me. If you, if you need a little coach over here on this side, excellent. Okay. Then here I am doing these things, but this, this whole thing is to empower you to be able to use some of these these tools that um, hypnosis itself has brought to brought to bear, because there are lots of things like Don Mon, for instance, he helped himself with with his hypnosis uh, understanding to to mitigate some of the harmful effects of of the uh, stroke and things he had. So, yeah. if you know those skills, those are beautiful, wondrous life skills. You know, if you yeah. don't know them, then you you know then you kind of um, resigning yourself to letting the, uh, I call it the pharmacal medical industrial complex, <laughs> <laughs> pack you full of drugs and things like this unnecessarily. So right. to me, there's, to me, there's no difference because the, what I understand, my, and my teacher might say, yeah, you sure you understand what I understand about, <laughs> about, hand again. Yeah, about my mind, my small mind and, and saying, okay, I'm not anything extraordinary. You can do this too. You know, it's mm -hmm. not anything. It's not a, not a magic trick. You can do this too. So that's how, to me, uh, they fit together. It's no, there's no, there's no, no distinction from that. the perspective of the internal skills. Yep. I love that. So I know that you're also a certified instructor for the National Guild. You certify mm -hmm. people to be hypnotists. So um, a question I'd like to ask people, do you have your own particular like niche with the type of clients and students you attract or you just attract whomever? Or is there so, like a sweet spot for you? So um, I, am a, I am a, in that graduate training that I, that I took, okay? It was Eastern Studies, Comparative Psychology, Holistic Health. Wow. And, as, and, and as part of, if you want to graduate, you're going to have to be certified as a yoga instructor mm. and I had no intent, you know, so I had no intent at all. All I wanted, all I wanted to learn about was the science of, you know, what's now lifestyle medicine. I wanted to learn about that science and okay, how do I do this? And, and maybe work it into a PhD, but they said, you have to do this. So all that to say that I am a certified yoga therapist. I have 
40 years worth of experience as basically a yoga therapist because my training in graduate school was yoga therapy. Okay. Oh. And so the people who I have trained thus far have majority come from that realm. Okay. Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Um, and then my, my training again relates to how I explained to you what I think of the connections between hypnosis and meditation. So, yeah. um, the, but I have had, I had uh, just recently, I had a guy who, who knew nothing. He didn't know anything about meditation and anything like that. So, uh, and we, and we trained him in, uh, hypnosis and NLP. So, you know, uh, whatever, whatever the, the people who are interested, the people who see my credentials and say, okay, maybe I want to do this with you. Then, okay. Mm -hmm. That's good. <laughs> I love it. The universe always provides they yeah. always, the universe always sends us. So I know I'm um, going back again to, you said you were in the second train, the trainer's class with Dr. Hart. Um, I took the class with him also in the 90s, but certainly not the second class. So congratulations on your longevity. <laughs> so my question to you, Charles, is what is it about the National Guild of Hypnotists that you continue to be a um, member in good standing and active with the NGH? What is it about the NGH that rings true for you? So, so for me, there are things that I have learned at convention. There were my, my very first smoking cessation uh, client it didn't work because I, I had no, I was, I, I'm off the cuff. I, made, I said, this should work. Let's do these suggestions and things like this. <laughs> and then you know, going to the guild and seeing people who had skills like Jacob Bimblich, you know, Jacob Bimblich, mm -hmm. actually, I lived in Manhattan and I told him this, uh, the, one of the last times I saw him, I said, I lived in Manhattan. He did a demonstration of smoking cessation. He stopped a guy in front of the now defunct Twin Towers. He stopped the guy in front of the in front of the Twin Towers, just saying, "You want to stop smoking?" And he sat there and he did smoking cessation with that guy. <laughs> I and, love it. And and the Fox News was there, you know, and they came back and forth, back and forth. And so I asked him, you know, I said, "I was I was living in New York and I watched you live do this on TV." And I said, "Is that guy still a non-smoker?" He said, "Yes." You know, in in, a, in the time of thirty minutes of that show, and so I'm going, okay. What's his skill set? What, what <laughs> skills does he have? <laughs> right. I love that. You're also doing a lot of mic dropping for a lot of names in this industry. I love this. That's so well, great. Again, again, standing on the, standing on the shores of, of those who instructed me, okay? <laughs> exactly. Then, so you've been to the conference many times. I know you're a presenter, and I will be asking you about the classes that you'll be teaching this year. But what is it about your experiences that you have at the conference each summer that has you returning each year? Again, it's the, it's the learning. It's, uh, I have... I have very seldom come and not learn something, you know? And that's one of the things that, that's one of the things that I think that uh, sometimes if we get, you know, like too big, we don't, st we stop learning, you know, as, as adults, you know, with the, if you have a kid, okay, nope, I don't need to know this. I don't need to know anything else. Nope, I know it all. Well, no, you don't. And there can be nuances. There can be nuances and things like this. And there's like anything else, there are things that you read, for instance, and you've read it 50 times. And then on the 51st time, you kind of go, I never saw that. that that's never, you know, <laughs> right. And, and you have it underlined. You have it underlined. <laughs> I, I, I never. Uh, okay. So um, that and, you know, and seeing people who, seeing people who you know, and, and, uh, uh, and so 
that to, to me it's the it's the learning. I, I started going because again, that first hypnosis session with the smoking cessation did work. I said, okay, mm -hmm. I need to learn something. And so I got I got I got a um I may still have it. No, I probably don't. <laughs> I got a some programs that the guild put out, you know, and had all these different uh people who were doing smoke cessation. And uh, and so I called together my own. I designed my own program out of the programs that I heard these these people present. I love and so, that. And so that's my skill set. I'm kind of going, okay, well, you know, I've I've learned about, uh, you know, all kinds of things. So that's that's the reason why it's like, oh, okay, let's do this. I love that. And as a hypnotist and 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 a minister and a yoga yog, yogini, I don't know what the right concept. Yo, uh, yo, uh, yoga therapist. So, so yoga therapist, yeah. So with all of that, going back to hypnosis, what do you think is the most important trait that a hypnotist should have? Uh, a, a hypnotist should have um, compassion mm -hmm. and their their um, sensory awareness skills should be primo. I mean, I, and you know, you again go into you, that a little bit. What do you mean by sensory so, awareness skills? So. so, so how would you how would you know if someone was relaxed or if someone was responding to to suggestions how would you know and and oftentimes the your your sensory acuity as the as the helper will tell you okay that took or that didn't and or and how do you tell the difference you know and and some of that's kind of part of the 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 presentation that I'm going to be giving for the eyes habit but oh, cool. but but just checking to understand what's happening with a person's body. And, and one of the things in graduate school, we went through these various relaxation exercises. And you're kind of going, what? And so we know progressive relaxation, things like this. We know this, okay. But all those things came from yoga. The progressive relax Jacobson's progressive this. relaxation came from these people living in caves going like, you know, exercise was okay, observe to see if you can tell. Okay. And so now this is interesting because I had a great big guy of European descent who was a psychotherapist who was there. And then there's me, okay, this brown man. And so you, <laughs> and so one of the things that you're looking for is, is what you want to see a flush in a person's face. That'll give you a sign, especially if they're laying down. That'll give you a sign. And I looked at him and I said, I'm pretty sure only my mama can tell if my face <laughs> gets flushed, okay? And so, and so the, and actually I said that after the fact because he said, your face got color in it. And I'm going, hmm. oh, 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 wow. <laughs> Here's this guy, you know, <laughs> who has, who, who's, he was he was a psychotherapist, you know, but still we were learning things. I said, here's a guy whose sensory awareness was uh, acute enough to be able to tell that in this brown face, a flush came. I'm kind of going, okay, you know, that's fascinating. So mm -hmm. that's that's what I mean. That that can help you. That can help you um, to uh, further develop rapport and things of this Absolutely. nature. Absolutely. I'm in the middle of a training right now, and that's one of the things the students are figuring out how to do is how to learn the words while they're learning how to watch, <laughs> watch each other, <laughs> yeah. like learning how to drive a stick shift. Yeah. So let's say go over to the conference, because every summer, the National Guild of Hypnotists does hold their 
Educational Summer Conference, and you are presenting this year. So tell us about the two classes, or how, I think it's two, you might be teaching more. Two. Tell us about the classes that you are teaching. So one is uh, related to clinical EFT, and the other is the eyes habit. So the clinical EFT, so EFT uh, often gets bad rep, you know, has in the past. And, and explain the, what that is for anybody who may not know. EFT, emotional freedom techniques. And mm -hmm. emotional freedom techniques are grounded in uh, traditional Chinese medicine. Okay, uh, their their origins, the origins of EFT, are they come from a man who was a World War II bomber pilot who became a chiropractor, and his genius at his work led him to see connections between Chinese medicine and meridians and muscles in the body and, and, um, and chiropractic. Mm -hmm. And so from there, Paris and Sundry people uh, developed things and they it eventually got to, it didn't stop with that, but eventually got to EFT and one of the things about EFT is that uh, one statistic, interesting statistic is it is it says I learned in uh, my training that thirty to seventy percent of all of our pain is emotional, mm. and so again, being the kind of person I am, I hobnob with people who have consummate skills. So there's a nice uh, Korean man who's a physician. And he was his he was raised in a family. His father was a master acupuncturist, and so I, I so I said, okay, doc, you know they taught me this. What's your take on it being a master acupuncturist? He said, oh, any 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 acupuncturist worth their salt knows that that's the truth. Or you seventy percent. Wow. That's why you put the needles in certain places, and some people's pain go away. And part of it's because of the. Uh, and they scientifically understand now it's endorphin release at, at hitting these certain points. And so, yep. so EFT is somewhat related to that. Or, and what might people be experiencing in their class with you, the clinical EFT presentation? Oh, oh the, I, I like it when people come in there and they're skeptics. Ooh, okay. <laughs> because, because we do, we do uh, practicums there that help you to help you to realize, oh, well, maybe this isn't, this isn't the okie doke. This is there's something here, you know. There's something here, and even though I might not uh, understand it just yet, I, I in my body I notice something. I, there are very few people who come to to uh, a class like this who don't notice something and have something to think about with respect to how this can be used in their own practice. Okay, That's if fine. nothing else, in their own practice. And uh, I'm big on, uh, big on, you know, again, these tools that we have, we should be using them on ourselves. You know, exactly. we, should, we should understand them so that they benefit us. And so we can speak, I can speak to you about meditation from this, from the, from, from 40 years of experience. And, yep. you know, here, here we are. Okay. Yes, that's going to happen. That's not, you know. You're not going to become God. You know, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, still working on that one. <laughs> so the, 
So that's the Excellent. that's the thing. Okay. And then the, so the and then that's your clinical EFT. That's, that's the clinical the EFT. Class. And the second and class is is the eyes have it. And it's related like to uh, NLP. And one of the things now again, see, I'm pulling in all of my understanding. I was shown in graduate school some eye exercises. And those eye exercises, you know, several years later, when I when I just when Actually, it's most fascinating. I went to graduate school in 1983. NLP was not very old. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bandler and Grinder wrote their book, False and the Princess, in, in 1979. Okay. My professor, one of my professors, you know, uh, visionary professors in graduate school, had us reading and we studied and talked about Frogs and the Princess. Oh. You know, <laughs> and so this whole thing, this whole thing with the eyes has fascinated me. And uh, there has been scientific research validating, you know, well, like everything else, some validates, some says, nah. <laughs> <laughs> we get to discern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the, the eyes have it is uh, discussion of what we know about the eyes and, and doing some practicum to help people see just exactly what goes on with the eyes in certain mental states and things like this. It's, it's an interesting, interesting uh, it's been an interesting 50 minutes. <laughs> well, I just know just from talking to you today, and I have been in one of your, I don't recall the class I was in, but I've sat in one of your classes at conference before. You're fascinating to, to listen talk because you're such a great storyteller and communicator so just for the listeners again the classes that charles will be teaching at this year's conference which is the second week in august the eyes have it which will be around nlp mm -hmm. and clinical eft so two really good um classes and i love charles how you have such a you have a lot of modalities that you pull into the container of what you do with people so it's really interesting to hear your background and all your experiences so I have one more question. Well, I have a ton of questions, but for the time that we have right now, um, why would you encourage other hypnotists to attend the NGH conference this year? Um, I would encourage, just in general, a, a learning a learning uh, situation. Uh, again, you can't you can't in my in my experience you can't go there and not learn anything. So there'll be something that you want to see about, know more about, and you go there and, and there it is. And it's, it may not be any place else in, in, the, in the time that you're looking for and have the space to go and see things. So mm -hmm. the, the, the learning, the learning is to me important. And again, the idea of lifelong learning to me is not just a, you know, a little catchphrase like, okay, no, 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 the, <laughs> you know, the, you know, a person, a person who I know in my life, who I think doesn't need to know anything. Uh, he said to me, no, 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 you always learn. You always learn. You learn something from anything. And there's, again, Absolutely. because of my background, there's a, there's a famous, <laughs> there's a famous Indian sage who said he had 24 gurus. None of them were human. He learned from the bird. He learned from the butterfly. You know, so it's like it's, it's your it's your continuing learning if you have the time uh, to 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 do it and you want to learn. This is this is a, a wonderful place to do it. I agree. 
And I should have asked you beforehand, where are you located? Where do, where do you do your work? I'm located in Indianapolis, Indiana, but oh wow. <clears throat> but I do I've worked with people. I had uh, uh is that correct? Yeah, I had a client I talked to in uh, Mumbai. Oh, cool. Yeah, the new age of we can be anywhere yeah. and talk to people. Well, this has been interesting today. Thank you so much for stepping in and talking with me. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to seeing you live at the conference this summer. Okay. And again, for people listening, we have been listening and talking with Charles Crenshaw Jr., who's all sorts of fun things, especially a certified instructor. And um, go check out his classes this year, The Eyes Have It and Clinical EFT. Thank you for spending time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Hypnosis NGH podcast. You're welcome to share your ideas for future podcasts by emailing us, ngh podcast at ngh.net.